For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. I was looking through the list, and it's a long list. There's a lot of stuff there, um, and even just comparing in past years, it was really a successful year. As you know, we have one of the most vibrant, diverse, and engaged union movements in the entire country, and that's where our agenda comes from, the ideas and the energy and the effort to get these things passed that we're going to talk about. Every year, the New York State AFL-CIO, working with its affiliated unions from the public sector, private sector, and building trades, puts together a legislative agenda in advance of the legislative session. The list is long and the goals are many. On this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the victories from the 2022 legislative session and what that will mean for working people and their families. Joining me on the podcast to discuss the legislative session that just wrapped up from 2022 is our legislative director, Mike Neidel. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. This is always fun, Darcy. I appreciate it. So I was looking through the list, and it's a long list. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, And even just comparing in past years, it was really a successful year. So um, while we're going to get into some of the specifics on what got accomplished, can you talk a little bit about... Um, the dynamics of the what was in place that helped maybe in this session to make it so successful? Sure. Uh, you know, the state federation, we're made up of uh, affiliates who really drive the agenda. And as you know, we have one of the most vibrant, diverse and engaged union movements in the entire country. And that's where our agenda comes from, the ideas and the energy and the effort to get these things passed that we're going to talk about comes from our affiliates. We're also in partnership with two Democratic majorities in the Senate and Assembly with leadership and uh, Speaker Carl Hasty mm-hmm. and Andrea Storr-Cousins on the Senate side, uh, who both lead great m- Democratic majorities that make a lot of this possible. None of it is easy, but working together, we've been able to work through these difficult situations. And given COVID and, and the economy and the things that have happened over the last few years, I think the sense of working together has never been stronger and the need to do that. So I, I think a lot of that has to do with the success of what we've been doing. And I think we should just remind people, too, that you know, we're talking about um, the 3,000 affiliates that we represent from the public sector, private sector, building trades. Everybody's got, you know, their own different interests, but and that's part of what you and your team is responsible for, bringing everybody together, right, finding that consensus and then moving forward. So let's talk a little bit about some of the accomplishments, and I think it does make sense to start with COVID and the benefits um, that and the protections that were able to get put in place as a result. Absolutely. The challenges, especially from a worksite safety standpoint, but the challenges that COVID presented the unions and the entire uh, labor workforce over the last few years are unprecedented. And, uh, you know, the good news is we've moved out of that, but but the spikes and the resurgence and periodic uh, back and forth with COVID has presented a whole new set of challenges. So a few of the things that we were able to get done uh, build off of some of the things we've been working on. And we extended a law this year that gives paid leave to workers to go get their vaccinations. 
Um, we also extended a law that creates an enhanced death benefit for public sector workers who fall victim to COVID. So those are two of the things that we built on and continued from past legislative sessions. Uh, this year, we did a new set of laws to build on protections for nurses. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an existing law that prohibits mandatory overtime for nurses in hospitals and nursing homes. Uh, but that law proved ineffective during the pandemic because employers are exempt during an emergency period. Uh, and there's also no penalties behind employers that violate the law. So we made some significant changes to that law. Uh, because we're losing nurses left and right. Lawmakers this month approved fines for employers who break mandatory overtime laws, expand overtime measures to include home care nurses, and clarifies when nurses are working long shifts. It does create exhaustion, which prevents quality of care. Allison Salado, a nurse at Auburn Community Hospital, says if given final approval, the measures will help improve morale. Mm -hmm. they're, they're fatigued, they're uh, stressed out. When they can retire, they're leaving. Um, so, so fixing that law was a priority for all of our health care workers, and that affects both private and public sector unions. So and we, we talked that. about that a little bit on this program and heard from the nurses the kind of stress they were under, and it was intense. So it's amazing. That it was really a really is. important piece of legislation. So putting some teeth into that law mm -hmm. was a priority, and we were able to get uh, three different pieces done. That was really important. Um, and so what about some other um, worker protections? Uh, and t I saw specifically the um, the Warehouse Worker Protection Act. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. That's uh, We worked with a couple different affiliates, the RWDSU and the Teamsters, who are actively representing workers at warehouses, but also trying to help Amazon workers who are largely unrepresented. Um, you know, this is a this is a would be a new law if we can get this signed uh, that would for the first time rein in the algorithms and methods that employers like Amazon and other companies are using to uh, to get work out of their employees that and uh, when those workers are not meeting these quotas or, or systems that the algorithms create the uh, they are disciplined. They're often denied meal and bathroom breaks, and there's some serious safety problems that result from that. So this bill would prohibit uh, employers from using algorithms that interfere with basic uh, bodily needs and, and worksite safety uh, laws and standards. It's crazy that you, to think even need something like that, that why wouldn't that be happening already? But as we know, sadly, that's the case. So what about Carlos's law, too? That's another uh, big one for us. Carlos's law is something we've been working on with the building construction trades for a very long time. It really puts teeth into enforcement of safety laws. It's named after an individual who was unfortunately killed uh, when a trench collapsed at a construction site. Uh, and Alfonso Preska were in charge of this multi-million dollar project on 9th Avenue, a construction site which turned into a crime scene after Carlos Moncaya was killed, buried alive. Uh, the employer who was in violation of labor laws was only fined $10,000. 
So what we did with Carlos's law is dramatically increase what employers can be fined and uh, really strengthened what will happen in the repercussions so that employers will think twice before violating safety laws. Okay. And are there other, um, you know, on this topic, worker protections or benefits? Because I know we want to talk about um, climate change, too, which is a huge topic. Um, any other worker protection? You know, we laws? did. So we made some real great strides in workers' compensation this year and um, st- strengthening the uh, protections for injured workers. We, we included enhanced coverage for uh, extreme stress-related injuries. You, you know, COVID has really shined a light on uh, stress in the workplace and, and mental illness that can develop from, uh, you know, just prolonged fatigue mm-hmm. and, and sure. seeing these disasters occur. So I think we made some real strides in how workers' compensation will provide coverage and treatment for workers experiencing stress. Uh, we inha- we in- increased the minimum benefit on workers compensa- in the workers' compensation uh, benefit that had been stuck at uh, f- for 15 years at the same level. So uh, that's an important uh, protection that we, uh, we passed. And we also passed the bill that will require employers to disclose uh, through a new registry at the Department of Labor um, th- uh, their compliance and past histories with labor and workers comp- labor laws and workers compensation laws so that we know what employers are violating the law or have histories of violating the law before they bid on public works projects and that will affect their qualification to get those contracts from government okay. entities. All right, good, great. Um, so let's um, shift a little bit over to climate change because there were a lot of things in there, um, you know, with... Uh, uh, prevailing wage and and buy American. Can you fill us in on the laws that were passed related to climate change? Absolutely, and and I want to emphasize this builds on what we were able to do in this legislative session. Builds on what we did in the state budget this year, mm-hmm. as well as some things that we did last year. The biggest thing that got done this year is we uh, we included labor protections on construction of renewable energy and new types of green tech and development that get built to address co- climate change. We've ensured that when we construct those facilities, prevailing rate and project labor agreements will apply so that we're creating good construction jobs. In that construction, we've ensured that uh, we've built into the law that where applicable by American and by New York so that the products are made and manufactured here in the United States, also creating good jobs. And then finally, for the ongoing operations and maintenance of any facilities that get constructed, uh, we've included labor peace so that unionization will uh, of those workforces will lead to better long-term jobs, family-sustaining jobs. Um, on top of that, we expanded what type of projects are covered by that. Last year, we did a great law that said any projects through the state system that um, that encourages development of renewable energy projects, they're called RECs. We applied those labor standards that I just described to projects of five megawatts or more. This year, we expanded that to projects of one megawatt or more. Under the leadership of New York State Building Trades President Gary LaBarbera and New York State AFL-CIO President Mario Salento, and in partnership with Governor Kathy Hochul and the New York State Legislature, labor standards are front and center on these climate bills. 
And then in addition to that, uh, there's been a series of bills to require different government agencies to start electrifying their vehicle fleets. And some of the things we did in that also uh, require Buy American so that where possible, new batteries, new cars, buses, or the component parts are made in the United States with union labor. And also... um, and also that there's worker training so that folks that are working on existing vehicles, diesel or fossil fuel powered vehicles, get the appropriate training to, so they can transition their skills into electric vehicles, hyd- uh, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles or other, other types of um, uh, electric uh, zero emission vehicles, I should say. Okay. All right. Was there um, anything else? Out of, I mean, you know, the, we, we have the list up on our website. And certainly people can look through it. But anything uh, in particular that you think stands out in your mind that was a big success that we want people to know about? Yeah, I we- think we did. You know, we did some very good pieces. To There was a, some disturbing court decisions this year mm-hmm. uh, affecting workers. One of them uh, would have put a green light on employers' ability to unilaterally change retiree health insurance and reduce their benefits or increase their premium or copay costs. Uh, that was a court decision that um, that can really dramatically uh, change. You know, retirees are on fixed incomes and don't have the ability to meet those expenses. So we did do uh, a bill that would revert to the way it's always looked at, that uh, the collective bargaining agreements that retirees retire under is what should govern mm-hmm. the um, their health insurance moving forward in their retirement. So we're hopeful that gets signed and that we can protect retiree health insurance. Um, we're building again on uh, what we did in the state budget with some historic pension reforms. Uh, we have uh, we weren't able to get any further reforms done at the end of session, but that remains a big priority moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's that is to just not just recruit and retain and help help the current workforce, but also in the um, in the interest of helping retirees, you know, live in dignity and decency throughout their retirement once they uh, end their career. Well, and I know that, you know, it doesn't end with the session ending uh, because what may still be on the list at the beginning when we set the agenda, which is what you do, um, you kind of carry over and build off of, right? So I'm sure you're starting to think already toward that. Uh, I know it's early. We're in the middle of the summer trying to enjoy it. We'll let you have some time to relax a little bit, but then it just starts right back up again, right? And, And I'm sure you're already talking to our affiliates on what their priorities are. Absolutely. The whole process, it really never ends. We're, you know, as we wind our way through the summer, we're looking at how we can strengthen some of the things that are out there that we've done. Um, You know, COVID keeps presenting new challenges for us. So there are are other things that we need to do. Um, There's all kinds of safety issues that we're working on with affiliates that still have to be addressed. So despite the fact that we were able to make a lot of progress this year, there's still a lot of work to do. Well, we appreciate all that you do and everybody that works with you to get this done because I know I've seen it. There's a lot of long days and long nights, the days that go right into the nights to get it done. So thank you very much for all that you do. We appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. Thank you. Joining me on the podcast now is our communications and campaigns coordinator, Liz Sutton. Hi, Liz. How are you? Hi, Darcy. Good. How are you? Good. So it was quite a list uh, that Mike went through, and really, we only went through uh, a little bit of it. Um, the full list, I know we can uh, direct people to our website. There's, there's I think, 
10 pages worth of accomplishments there, which is really good. Absolutely. Our legislative wrap-up is on our website, and we'll put that link in the show notes. And, you know, of course, uh, if you want to follow along with anything we're doing legislatively, we post on our Facebook page, our Twitter, our Instagram account. Um, so you can see um, our updates there. And also, if we've got any uh, actions, you know, to try to lobby some legislators, you can participate in those by following on our social media accounts. Great. And I know we've got a couple exciting events that are coming up that we can tell people about as well, which you're involved in promoting. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. On, uh, I believe it's July 29th. We've mm-hmm. got a Yankees game. Um, that's the Yankees versus the... Kansas City Royals. Kansas City Royals. <laughs> it's going to be a good game. The yes. labor is going to be in the house. Union strong night. So there's some tickets available for that still. You get a free t-shirt, free hot dog, and free drink. Um, so we'll put that link in the show notes as well. It's on our website. And we've got a Mets game coming up, too, Labor Day weekend. Right. So come celebrate with uh, your union family at, uh, not Shea Stadium anymore, it's uh, City Field. (laughs) Yes, it is City Field. And we have all that information available, too, because they are discounted tickets that are available. And we'd love to see people out there supporting unions and and then supporting the Mets and the Yankees. That would be great. That's right. It's going to be a great time. So we hope to see you there. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Darcy. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.